Hey guys, this is Anthony here from Soda Run Pass, and we're doing Comic Scene Episode 1 where we talk about the nitty, the gritty and the indie. So there's going to be absolutely no big two chats here at all. I am joined, of course, by Milton Lawson. Thank you, Milton. Hello there. And just a bit of housekeeping again. There is absolutely no big two discussed today. So if you want to talk about Marvel or DC, get the fuck out of here. Um, now, <laughs> as I hope you don't mind swearing, Milton. I'm uh, I'm uh, studying to get my doctorate in it, so uh, <laughs> don't, I don't mind it at all. And we've already lost two viewers, so uh, I guess they were the Marvel <laughs> DC crowd. So, uh, Milton, let's uh, introduce you to the audience. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is Milton Lawson. I'm a comic book writer based out of Houston, Texas in the United States. Uh, my first miniseries came out uh, late last year, early this year, uh, Thompson Heller, Detective Interstellar. It's a sci-fi noir story published yep. by SourcePoint Press. Okay. And uh, excellent. Obviously, they're doing great stuff over there. Um, and what have you seen over the last sort of seven days where, when it comes to comic book news that has you excited about uh, the indie scene as a whole? Well, for me, there are a number of things, and they kind of all are in this sort of uh, crowdfunding realm. I've been paying attention to a number of campaigns uh, from creators that I've been following, um, and they're kind of in the middle of their campaigns. One that uh, is doing really well right now is uh, Uncanny Valley, which is a science fiction anthology series, sort of like Black Mirror. And okay. there was a yep. there was another one. Uh, Hopefully there's not as much of the pig fucking. That would be nice. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe maybe equally as dark, but uh, no uh, bestiality involved. That That's for sure. Okay, great, great. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, well, these days, bestiality is a bit vanilla for some kids, isn't it? <laughs> uh, maybe so, maybe so. Um, and... That one started very soon after another campaign I've been following, um, Thoughtscape, which is oh, another yeah. sci-fi indie mm. anthology, kind of in the vein of like Heavy Metal or 82,000, where um, there's not only some standalone shorts, but also some shorts that are meant to continue and recur over the course of the anthology. And one of them includes a story called ex post facto which okay. i i described as sort of what if doctor who was david lynch yeah and that was uh that's well, a really that's, fascinating that's idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it, it, like if you if you that isn't what they that isn't what they started with but that's how i described it um and it really fits yeah great now we're going to be talking about a bit of news i'm going to be sharing some press releases and that's pretty much what this show is going to be about we're going to be sharing some press releases uh, some be some might be news that people have seen some probably haven't seen at all so let's um get stuck into uh the first bit of news now I don't know if you're much of a horror hound, uh, Milton. Are you or no? Actually, no. And um, I'm fascinated recently by the genre because I tried for the first time to uh, write a, 
a horror story and it kicked my butt. Um, so yeah, right. I have I have much respect for those folks. Oh, wait, Colin Bunn. I do love Colin Bunn. Um, I don't really see how you can't like Colin Bunn if you're into yeah. horror or if you're into anything that's, um, you know, remotely creepy. So uh, Colin, Colin Bunn uh, and Jonas Scharf have a new horror out uh, very soon through uh, Boom Studios, and Boom Studios are doing quite a, quite a lot. I think it's probably arguable at this point about whether we can can consider uh, Boom Studios to be remotely indie, um, I guess that that's a bit up, up for debate. But um, this here is uh, Basilisk uh, number one. Um, so uh, this is going to be coming out uh, in, uh, where are we? June 2nd. So just before the end of year. So um, five individuals bound by a a cult-like hive mind. They terrorise small towns with their horrifying supernatural sense-based powers, leaving death and destruction in their wake. Regan, one of the Chimera, escaped and has been in hiding with her murderous eyes bound, overcome with guilt. Until now, when a victim from her past forces her to hunt down the other four of her kind. So interesting premise. I like the artwork. Uh, I mean the the artwork. I mean you'd never really see poor artwork out of Boom Studios. I mean they've definitely got that image to maintain. I I love the sort of almost uh, I guess sort of uh, I guess wash over ink feel to it. Um, I mean look at that there. That looks that looks beautiful. That does. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I'm pretty much like you said uh, in the beginning. It's it's hard not to love anything that Cullen Bunn does. He, uh, you know, the Sixth Gun was uh, quite an amazing comic, and he's he's got a penchant for just really gripping storytelling. Um, and uh, I'm I'm on board, even though I'm not necessarily the biggest horror hound, as you put it. Uh, <laughs> he, he 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 can he can create a mythology, uh, create a long arc, but also make sure that every single chap of a comic, uh, every single issue has its own sort of standalone merits. So um, he's kind of at the top of the craft. Um, so anything he's he's uh, on board with, uh, I'm I'm on board with. I'm curious about. Um, your question about whether or not we can put the label of indie on boom. I, I agree with you that the, that that's an interesting conversation, but I think it comes down to how you define it, you know, because in many ways I would yeah. consider it indie, but I can also see why, why some folks might not. Yeah. Well, I guess it did. Again, interesting topic. I mean, we've got a couple of points to consider here. So the first one to consider is uh, uh, end of 2020, they accounted for 5% of the, I guess, the just pure um, gross earnings uh, when it comes to just print. So when you are looking at a sort of an 800 sort of million dollar business just in print and you're taking 5% of that, is like the amount of the monetary value. I guess we haven't really defined as as a scene uh, how much you can earn to a point to where whether you're considered an indie company or not. Yeah, I, I think I would um, I would almost prefer to put the term almost on a case by case basis because certain books through certain publishers might be more quote unquote independent. And, and by independent, I might refer more to as less under any editorial or corporate control. 
Mm. So, um, and some publishers might have a little bit of both under their, under their wing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Gary asks a good question. Uh, he says, uh, that's just 5% of the direct market though, right? Bookstores is a bigger market. Um, I'm clear Gary, because I, when that report comes out around print sales, I don't believe it drills down into what actually goes into bookstores around, you know, trade paperbacks and that sort of stuff. Good question, though. The I guess yeah. the other thing as well, when a company starts dealing with licensing titles uh, mm-hmm. uh, as much as what Boom are doing, again, yeah. is that considered indie? Because it's not. Uh, it's definitely not creator-owned anymore. At least those titles aren't so much. So what do you think, Milton? Well, um, I think in the earlier days, Boom definitely had a lot of creator-owned stuff, um, which, again, is where I think where I would – draw the criteria um like market share image would obviously be much bigger than boom but the mm, books that again, are coming out of image yeah. are indeed creator owned and i would consider those in yeah yeah great now uh moving on to a, a, a bit more of news uh speaking of image uh so noctera has sold out again no surprise there. So both issues number two and issues number three have sold out uh, at the distributor level. So for those who aren't sort of familiar with uh, Noctera, it is Scott Snyder's sort of kickstarted book at um, one point uh, with at least issue one that a lot of people jumped on board for. A lot of people got the hardbacks and all that type of stuff, uh, which is now being put out through Image. So it's interesting, Image uh, have said in the past uh, that they're not interested in uh, kickstarted books. I guess they need to ma- uh, add the caveat now, unless it's by Scott Snyder. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, look, at the end of the day, not a bad business decision. He's he's definitely one of those writers that definitely at this point where people are just going to pick up what he writes because he's just so synonymous with uh, comics as a whole. Have you read Noctera, Milton? I have not read Noctera, and I'm um, I'm a bit curious if you have what you think of it. I'm, I've loved plenty of Scott's uh, independent work, for sure, um, and I'm a little surprised this one is on Image um, because uh, I thought around now was when we would be expecting uh, books from his label. Uh, what was it called, like, black jacket or something i thought that was going to coming out with books now yeah so yeah yeah i I guess um you know if you uh, well we don't know the deal that uh happened between uh snyder and image do we we don't know how how you know what the story is with that at all do we so um as far as what i think about the book i feel like it's um the art feels tonally right for the apocalyptic nature of it. Um, I think he got, he's sort of, he hasn't got out of superheroes totally, but I guess um, he's sort of, I guess, veering in another direction at the right time for him. It kind of, um, I, I don't know how you felt about death metal. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that, expressed what they felt about death metal as a whole. That part is obvious. Uh, but it felt to me like it was sort of the right time to be veering in another direction. Yeah, I, I kind of in general have, have felt that I wanted I wanted a taste of Scott Snyder's Batman. 
Um, and then uh, we got, you know, an 18 course meal of it. And mm. I, I, mm. I, I think he's just a talented writer. I would, I would rather see his genius put towards new properties. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad that this is, this is one shift. Yeah. I guess um, when he did metal, the, there was one panel that just royally pissed me off. Now, I'm the biggest Clayface fan. I'll go to my grave saying that Clayface is one of the best Batman villains. But there was that panel, I believe it was in either, it was either in Metal 1 or Metal 2, uh, Batman, or at least an iteration of Batman, is riding Clayface, like he's some kind of steed. And I'm just kind of like... Clayface might be a stupid washed-up actor, but he's not that stupid. And I just kind of – it was just one of those things that although it kind of sort of fit with the overall – I guess uh, the the boundaries of what the story was being written within it just uh, that just kind of pissed me off and uh, yeah I just but I feel like you know metal is one of those things where it's kind of I, I I kind of I like that it pissed me off in a way because it challenges I like comics that challenge people and that get a conversation started regardless of whether it's good or not like it starts the conversation around comics it it, it yeah. got other parts of the artistic community involved with it I mean I, I don't know how much uh, if you're into heavy music yourself Milton but there were different metal bands that uh, wrote songs and stuff in in sort of uh, to, as companion pieces to each issue. So, um, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that personally. All right. So going into another bit of news. So this um, next bit of news is uh, from uh, a company which is sort of near and dear to my heart. They uh, sort of started coming up in the comic scene over in America when I first started blogging under SoderandTollPass.com. And that is uh, Mad Cave Studios. So Mad Cave Studios have a couple of new uh, releases coming. The first one is They Fall From The Sky, which is very much a all-ages science fiction uh, comic book. Uh, it's up to issue four. And then Battle Cats Volume 3, number one, uh, is about to drop soon. In fact, uh, July 7th for Battle Cats. And They Fall From The Sky, number four, is coming out May 26th. So to give you a bit of an idea of what, uh, uh, I guess, what sort of art comes uh, with this, and it's going to get there, it's going to get there, it's going to get there, and it got there. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So They Fall From The Sky is available at Mad Cave Studios. This is not a pitch for you to check out. Uh, It's more just so you and I, Milton, can talk about the the other issues. What are your thoughts when you when you look at this when you see the first sort of four covers? Well, my initial thoughts are just that this is um, really fantastic cover artwork, and I really dig logo. Um, I've kind of got logos online right now because I'm working on designing a logo for an upcoming series myself, and this is really cool. And the issue three cover is really compelling and leads me to want uh, to read more. And the issue one cover as well. Um, uh, that really uh, sets the scene for the entire, you know, world or whatever. Uh, so I, I'm a sucker for alien invasion, alien visitation stories mm. in general. Um, I haven't been reading this one, um, and I don't think I'm familiar with the the creators. 
Um, but it does look very interesting. Uh, Liesl Buenaventura is, I think she was part of last year's talent search. That So every year, Mad Cave Studios do a talent search, and that's how they, they get some of their newer talent. Um, uh, so I believe she was part of that. I believe Jomet Gill, the letterer, was part of that. Actually, I think all of them were part of it, to be honest. DJ Chavez, or Chavez uh, Xavier Torrega, he, I believe, the artist, I believe he was part of that as well. So I guess um, Mad Cave Studios have a, a way about selecting talent which works as a whole. It works for the, uh, I guess, the end product quite well. Um uh, I think this is really is no exception uh, when it comes to sort of battle cats, which that's going to take ages for for to load as well. Probably, um, battle cats has been uh, uh, the uh, Mark London, who was the COO of Mad Cave Studios, has been running that, and this um, it's a nice little uh, the artwork on that is fantastic. Oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, Michael Camello's The Penciler and Inca. Um, it's just, it's, some of it's just out of this world. I mean, it's very sort of Lord of the Rings if you copy and pasted cats in there, but it's also quite <laughs> dark and menacing and foreboding. And it's, um, it's uh, definitely something that I recommend that everyone should check out. I'm, not a fan of the hue of the whole uh, when you move to a new volume and it becomes uh, the numbering starts again. So, yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of that. You, how how are you with volumes and numbering, Milton? I I actually kind of prefer it, especially on uh, big two things, um, because I'm I'm kind of anti continuity with 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 those universes um, with something smaller scale like this. Um, I do prefer some kind of indicator of where I am in terms of, you know, it being uh, arc number two, three or four, um, but retitling it um, so that it can be as standalone as possible. I, I do kind of prefer that myself, honestly. Well, just to, to wrap your head around it or. I, I think we in the comics industry uh, often make it a little bit too hard to jump on. And sometimes if you see um, if the third volume of, of this particular series is new reader friendly enough, um, I would want to emphasize some title that uh, would attract the reader to the volume versus putting that volume three at the very top, which, you know, if the store doesn't have volume one in stock, um, then uh, you lose yourself a potential, uh, you know, reader right there. Um, it does, you know, that wouldn't necessarily work with all stories, but for some, I think uh, it really helps. Mm, mm. Um, all right. Good thoughts. Um, Funny Fig says, hey, y'all just wanted to, and does that sound like it, almost embarrassing when I say that? to you or it's, I guess it's a bit like if you said g'day to me. Um, <laughs> um, just wanted to say hi for a second. We'll have to catch the replay tomorrow. All right, funny figs. We look forward to that. Um, Gary Edwards has to say, number one sells so well. There's a slow attrition of sales that indies can scarcely afford if you stop letting the issue number go up. Good point. Good point all yeah. around. 
Very yeah. true, very true. Okay, let's um, move on. And we're going to talk about a Kickstarter, um, which uh, you brought up, Milton, which I wanted to talk about this Kickstarter anyway, but uh, let's let's digress a bit. Okay, Thoughtscape Comics number one. Um, this, like you said, Milton, it's a mix or it's in tradition of 2000 AD, uh, Black Mirror, Twilight Zone, it's an anthology. It's coming out as floppies, I imagine. At least that's my understanding of it. And we're looking at three uh, stories per issue. Have I gotten that right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's definitely going to be printed floppy-like, but it's going to be a healthy page number. I, I, I don't know the exact count, but we're looking at a good, like, you know, I don't know, 60, 70 pages or something there. So you'll, you'll get you'll get quite bang for your buck. Yeah. And... Uh, who I expect? Do you do you think that uh, the types of people that get into Kickstarter are different from the audience segment of those who are going to a comic shop, or do you think that's starting to overlap a bit? If it is starting to overlap, it's in sectors that I don't quite understand. Um, <laughs> my my perception of it is it's two entirely different worlds, um, mm. and what succeeds in the direct market. Um, does not necessarily cross over to Kickstarter and vice versa. Um, I'm 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 quite frankly still baffled about the world of Kickstarter because there's so many amazing projects on there, and I don't yet have the feel like I do for the Wednesday comics at your direct market stores as to what what will be a big success and what isn't there are so many projects uh, that, I, yeah. that I look at and I go, Oh, well, this is kind of whimsical and interesting. And then I check back two days later and two days into its funding, it's already, you know, at a thousand percent of its funding. Um, and then ones that I thought are a guarantee uh, blockbuster success don't meet their funding goal. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm learning that and humbled by it. And I, I know a lot of cre- indie creators who have, successfully run and unsuccessfully run campaigns and it's 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 amazing and fascinating but it's just very confusing to me yeah i you see um titles on there and you just uh some of them i say them just like really that didn't get funded but you know the ones over here did the where the you know i'm not gonna say who they are of course but um in my opinion the artwork was better in some of those scenarios. And I just kind of look at them just like, what is going on here? Is uh, Are we really seeing a, I guess, a movement where you need to have a larger, I guess, uh, you need to have your own people, you need to have your own sort of, I guess, reach to start with. But then at the same time, during this this climate that we're in, I'm, I've seen uh, people who hardly have a Twitter following get their stuff funded. Yeah. So it's, this, it's very much this bizarre sort of um, uh, sort of relationship between the two, which which doesn't really seem to make sense to me. As And I also want to know what the uh, the creators we love uh, thing, I want to know what the metric for that is as well. Yeah, that seems highly subjective to me, and I've yeah. tried to figure it out. Um, I kind of have a sense now a little bit, where yeah. I, I can see where, where that will, will come about. Um, one thing that I've definitely changed my perspective on in observing that scene is if, if you've got a project that has a theme 
um, or an angle that resonates with a with a fan base that's just waiting for that material, they yeah. will for they will forgive um, art quality, lettering quality, mm. um, and all kinds of other things. You know, I I've been very fortunate to in the projects I've worked on work with you know A level artists, um, mm. and I kind of I'm very choosy that way. Um, but looking at some of uh, the projects I've seen go through, maybe there are some ideas that I could um, have a more uh, dynamic range of weirdness. Like you can have some pros, you can have some pinups um, and like some character designs. And right, yeah. uh, as long as the idea is really strong and resonates with people, I think they will give you a pass on, um, on certain aspects, and and that's mm. interesting to me. Yeah, it is interesting. But uh, been following it a little bit closer, it seems that the creators we love things seems to be happening a lot. As soon as you have those books that uh, that reach their funding within the first sort of week, they seem to get that sort of automatic badge almost. It's mm-hmm, almost mm-hmm. as if that sort of uh, Kickstarter have made this decision on a company level. Okay, if this one gets the uh you know hits their target goal within a short space of time then we put it on we put the badge on it could also yeah. be a company it could also i guess in a way it's a smart business move because if they see something uh, like a project doesn't have to be a comic book could be anything that hits their goal very early on in the piece then because of the portion that they take the percentage uh, I guess that's just a smart business move in a way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, playing Satan's ad- advocate here a bit. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, uh, moving right along. So we uh, have. I'm not too sure if you like your hip hop, Milton, um, but. Uh, this surprised the hell out of me. So Z2 Comics or Z2 Comics, they have been adapt. Well, they they specialize in uh, in turning uh, musicians or famous artists, uh, their albums, their stories into comic book stories. And Hilltop Hoods are pretty much the the largest hip hop export that Australia has ever had. And uh, Noctis is uh, their, um, I think it's one of their albums. Um, but anyways, uh, they're pretty much hip hop royalty over here in Australia. They're getting their own comic book. Um, do you feel, Milton, that this is trivializing the comic book scene? No, um, I I really adore what Z2 is doing in bringing uh music and comics together um they have a number of projects that uh really celebrate very niche or uh, niche artists um i hope i'm not um uh diminishing the entirety of australian hip-hop by calling this niche um, <laughs> um I, I i confess i've not heard of them um but um they're uh you know, like they just recently announced a collection or, or an upcoming comic uh, for King Diamond. And for an old yes. school metal fan yeah. such as myself, yeah. I just I have to I have to jump in on that because, mm. you know, his music always had a sort of storytelling quality to it. He had at least one or two concept albums. And um, I, I, I love uh, this marriage. It doesn't necessarily always work very well. Um, Z2 didn't do this one. I hope 
oh gosh, maybe I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna That's offend fun. some people, but whoever um, whoever did the baby metal one, I think yeah, um, that was Z two. I think it was Z two. Um, I don't blame them. I think that was. I don't think that one succeeded, and it was mainly down to. I, I would assume the like hyper micromanaging that the that the manager of the band has. Okay, um, right. Yep. It, that one just. I mean, the artwork was amazing, but the storytelling was just kind of all confused. Um, um, but yeah, I, I love Z 2s uh, musical stuff. One of my frequent collaborators, Dave Chisholm, has actually done two music-themed comics uh, with them, um, and I, I'm just a huge fan of what they do. I think um, it may also come down to uh, the lack of success that they have with certain books. It may also come to uh, the, uh, I guess, the dynamic of not of the 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 book that the artist is based on. Maybe their fans don't naturally associate that artist with comics mm-hmm. could be annoyed. That could be something. Um, uh, that's just a thought. What do you think? I think that that definitely would be a factor. Um, I think, uh, are they doing the anthrax book? Um, yeah. 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 I, I think there's a lot of crossover with um, anthrax fans and comics. Oh, um, mm. you know, there was a lot of material in the lyrics of Anthrax that was kind of like sci-fi horror nerd stuff. Um, so if you followed the band closely, I think that was part of the aesthetic. So hopefully I think there'll be some crossover there. Um, but I, I, I do think it's, it, it might be a case by case basis based on the, the kind of fans that a particular musical artist has. Yeah. Uh, good point. All right. So Don Nguyen says, hiya, hiya, Don. Um, he doesn't always pop in when I stream, but, uh, when he does, he, he always comes out with the best stuff. Like higher is pretty much, he's, he's a comic book writer and he's a comic book artist. I think that's the best writing he's ever done. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, it's a sync. Just, yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Don, love you, buddy. Thanks for coming, uh, stopping by. All right. So, uh, let's talk about, uh, an IP that I feel that most people will have some kind of story to uh, around this IP, um, at least around my age. Okay, Mighty Morphin, which, yes, you guessed it, it's a Power Rangers book from Boom Studios. So Mighty Morphin number seven is uh, coming out very, very soon on the, uh, where is it? Oh, actually, it's all already out, this one. Okay, so... Let's talk about the artwork. Um, I just find it's just stunning, the, this entire series. It's, uh, it's written by Ryan Parrott. Um, uh, I always get this person's name wrong, so I'm just going to scroll up just to make sure I get it right. Uh, where are we? Uh, Marco Renner, that's it. Yep. I feel like this is a combination which put together is creating something even better than the Power Rangers TV show ever had to offer. So um, it's it's fantastical. It's almost fantasy-based. It's almost space opera. It's it's just one of those, uh, those comic book series that just uh, is just 
really inspiring just uh from the artwork alone the stories are fantastic um uh yeah what do you think i i think i'm unfortunately gonna have to um not react much to this exact uh mighty morphin uh issue um i do nod my head in agreement with your comments about the artwork the artwork does look stunning um the one thing i can offer in terms of the Mighty Morphin universe is I can tell you that um, in the near future, there's a new mini series. I think it's going to be called unlimited power and it's going to be one written- Frank Gogol is doing. Yeah. That's the one Frank Gogol is doing. And um, anytime that there is a beloved franchise um, and new creative teams come on um, the fan base, I think is all, always justified in being skeptical and, you know, take a wait and see attitude. Um, but I've actually been privileged enough to know Frank for a while. And I, I can tell uh, those fans, uh, rest assured, you're going to be in great hands. Number one, he's a great writer, but number two, he's a legit fan um, mm. and has been saying he's wanted to write that franchise for quite some time. Um, even back when it was ridiculous for him to even say something like that, you know, before yeah. he was well known yeah. enough. Uh, so, uh, definitely, I, I still think, I think that's maybe August when that is happening, but, um, yeah, when that so. com- yeah. yeah, when that comes, you'll, as a fan of the franchise, you'll, you'll definitely, um, have something to look forward to there. Yeah. I wonder if, um, I wonder if, uh, Ryan, parrot as if he needs to do something else maybe i wonder if that's that's sort of the case here um i, I wonder if I, I think that's that series might still go on this might be like a simultaneous okay uh, thing i i don't know yeah. if 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 that book is gonna continue on while this one's happening or not yeah yeah it's um yeah it's yeah, it, it's almost like boom studios uh x-men in a way there's they're always running sort of uh, series uh, just slightly adjacent to one another of of the IP as a whole. Um, yeah, it's. I think I'm not sure if I'm on board with uh, teams of the same IP happening at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. I just ho- I just hope it doesn't get out of control over at Boom, uh, like what it has over at Marvel with uh, with X Men. Um, it's you, uh, you don't want 99 yeah. X Men titles. No, <laughs> um, I I am enjoying the the sort of the uh, the X Men series that is revisiting sort of uh, uh, storylines that never uh, I guess were um, translated onto the page. I'm enjoying that. That's sort of the the stories in between the stories. I'm enjoying that series um, uh, because I'm a huge '90s X Men fan. Um, I just think right now there's more X Men titles than there was in the '90s, and that's not exactly a good thing. Uh, it's just that's probably a good metric. To, yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, in. Uh, do we need like how many titles are we up to now? Um, I I personally have kind of tapped out. I I've enjoyed almost yeah. everything I've read uh, since the Hickman you know soft reboot or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I I, I think there are a few that I've uh, tapped out on and haven't even tried. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, we'll move on from this very soon. But I mean, uh, yeah, and you're like, yes, please do. But um, <laughs> uh, I feel like Hickman's soft reboot, and I don't even know if that's even fair to say because you know it was definitely a hard reboot for a lot of fans. Um, uh, I it started off very grim. Uh, and almost apocalyptic in a way, knowing what the future would bring. And I feel like it just kind of just dialed that down a bit too much for what it started off with. Um, yeah. I may also be at That's the an point- interesting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I may also, I'm also conscious of the fact that I'm getting older now and it may just be a point where that IP, that X-Men just isn't for me anymore and that, Maybe why I'm enjoying that uh, X title at the moment. That's returning back to, uh, you, you know, creative teams that I loved growing up. That um, uh, created the stories that I loved growing up. That are revisiting everything. Like, um, you know, Fabian Nicesa, for for instance, is still one of my all time favorites. Um, uh, uh, yeah, you, you try saying his name three times and he might appear, but I've tried it. Doesn't work. Um, uh, but he's he's an amazing force, I feel, uh, in that IP. I kind of think the X-Men are a very interesting IP in the sense that um, I think all of us go through waves with it where we kind of need to step away for a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're there for you when you're ready to come back. Um, so I think I think that's an interesting thing about them. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting they're quite polarizing in a way. Um, they, they, in terms of who's into them at different times, it's only, you know, the the creative team are doing a great job at pissing off comic skaters at the moment, which I'm I'm all for. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's different. It's diff- It's I feel like it is sort of a. It's a very easy. Uh, it's very you know misfits. Um, uh, you yourself said you were a metalhead when you were younger. I myself was the same, still am. And you kind of, when you, you, you're kind of in that crowd, you kind of feel like a misfit. You might be a punk and things like that. So anyone who doesn't necessarily have a crowd or at least they don't feel like a crowd, they're just like an easy escapist book. Very cool, very cool. All right. Um, so uh, we're going to... Um, uh, take a look at one more thing. I said we weren't going to talk about the big two, but we already have. We've already, we haven't sorry, we? that, we've already that was broken fault. the rule. Yeah, we've broken the rule. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about this a bit. Um, so I'm not a huge DC fan. I find their events more interesting than their ongoing series, like their big events. But at the same time, when it comes to Marvel, I find their ongoing series more interesting than their events. So it's kind of this ongoing battle I have going on. So uh, DC Pride is coming out uh, June 8th, uh, Pride number one. Uh, So if you want any series to piss off a comic skating audience, this is probably the one. Um, (laughs) uh, So we've got a lot of fantastic artwork that's going on here. Um, uh, we've got uh, that there's by Danny Law, Lisa Still, Enrica, Aaron uh, Angiolini. I hope I pronounced that right. Probably haven't. Sorry. 
Cena uh, Grace. Cena Grace did a fantastic series over at uh, Boom Studios, Ghosted in LA, which is basically sort of uh, queer-friendly ghosts and sort of uh, the people that are alive that are living in the same house or shared apartments as said ghosts. So that and. He has a lot of, I don't know if I should, if I'm using the right sort of uh, pronoun here, but uh, he or they, um, Cena Grace uh, focuses a lot on characterization. Um, he's definitely a, a writer that uh, uh, the, I guess, the LGBTI crowd is quite uh, familiar with, uh, quite, uh, I guess, uh, my understanding is they're quite happy with uh, him uh, writing stuff for them. So, uh, I'm, I'm quite happy with this. Uh, I think there are some choices artistically wise, which might get a few long-term DC fans to sort of tap out of, um, uh, the cutesy look in DC, does it work? Doesn't it work? I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of things that could be said. Um, what do you think? Well, first of all, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm kind of blown away by the simplicity in which you've uh, described uh, DC and Marvel and how one has great ongoing series and one has great events. Um, and I never really caught quite thought of it that way, but you're definitely uh, you've, you've, you've won me over at least partially on that. Um, as far as this series goes, I'm, I'm intrigued because I remain very much uh, hopeful uh, for the next great uh, Batwoman story, um, after after Greg Rucka and J.H. Williams uh, did their phenomenal run with the character, I've I've been yearning for more great stuff with the character, and maybe I've missed uh, a great bit here or there. But since then, I really haven't loved uh, anything with the character. I haven't read everything with the character, so I might have missed something. But um, you know, uh, this may be another opportunity for that character to shine. So I'll definitely give at least number one a try. Mm. I've got a lot of great covers here. Um, this one specifically by this Pride variant cover is by Jen Bartell. Um, I really like her work. Um, oh, yeah, me too. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. It's very, um, it's very, um, almost new age disco, I guess is the best way I could describe it. Um, <laughs> uh, and I don't mean that in a negative way whatsoever. I mean, you know, her recent comments about NFTs not, notwithstanding, um, I feel like this uh, is a fantastic cover. Um, I, I like all of her work, to be honest. Um, I, I think it's all fantastic. I like the celebration of the of obviously the pride <laughs> flag and and how Jenna's uh, made to use that to make it work in a very sort of I don't know it is sort of kind of disco ish, isn't it? The character in the back here is almost Tron looking in a way. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean. I'm enjoying that. Another thing they're doing as part of the Pride thing is a Crush and Lobo uh, miniseries. Is that uh, Jillian Tamaki? Uh, pretty is sure. That... Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, Mariko Tamaki. Okay. 
uh, out June first. Um, it's included in this presser because it's part. Of, it has a Pride variant cover that's coming out. I mean, the more Lobo books, the better the world is. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's my honest opinion there. Yeah, that's the the better. The more of those out there, the better the world is. Um, are you much for a Lobo fan, Milton? Uh, I must confess, no, I am not, and I should lose points as a metal fan for that. Um, but um, I, uh, I'm, I'm always willing to give it another try. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's it for us for news. Uh, Milton, tell us what you've got in the pipe. Um, well, the main thing I've got in the pipe is the uh, collection of my first miniseries, uh, Thompson Heller, Detective Interstellar. Um, and um, there's an enticing bonus to the trade collection. Uh, the original series uh, was a three-issue miniseries. Um, here's, here's the cover for number one. Uh, I could show people here. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, art, artwork on that by Dave Chisholm, who has done a couple of those music books that we talked about. That you were um, telling from, us about. Yeah, yeah. from Z2. His, his book last year, Chasing the Bird, um, a story about Charlie Parker. I personally think it was robbed in the uh, uh, Eisner nominations uh, realm. Um, but... Um, so the, the collection of Thompson Heller, Detective Interstellar, is going to be augmented with three bonus short stories. Um, so it, it, the three bonus short stories is about the size of a fourth issue anyway. So it's like having a mm. bonus issue. And the, the three bonus short stories um, include different creators. And okay. I think that's, that's pretty fascinating. Um, uh, uh, one of those stories is written and drawn by an indie comic artist named Renton Hockey, who has a really cool uh, comic on Webtoon right now called yeah, Ronin, Di- right. Ronin Digital Express. Um, and then uh, I wrote one of them. And then one of them was written by Rick Quinn, uh, who's the guy who's doing Uncanny Valley right now. And um, I think one of the days, one day down the road, he's going to be one of the most extremely well-known people in comics because he's just enormously talented writer. And everyone out there who is a fan of comics that hasn't heard of Rick Quinn, go find him on the Internet. Go buy his books. He's awesome. Excellent. All right. Well... That's it for episode one of Comic Scene. Thanks, everyone, for dropping by. By all means, go check out Milton's work. Milton, where can people find you online? I'm on Twitter, uh, at Citizen Milton. At Citizen Milton. All right, guys, for Comic Scene and for SoderandTollPass.com, thanks very much for stopping by. We'll see you all later. Later.